Thank you so much for clicking on this week's episode of Gillyweed Girls. We're excited to get into the magical winter season after stepping out of the spooky season. It's time to get into the magical world of sea lore, exploring some more lighthearted topics compared to our first few episodes. Right, and it's about time too because the world has been looking awfully dreary as of late for the last like three years, and I <laughs> think we know what we have to talk about, Kayla. Yeah, Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. So we grew up watching Atlantis on VHS. I'm sure a lot of you listening, if you were a Disney kid, you can probably relate. Um, We kind of forced it on everyone in our lives. No one really had an option. Like, if you were friends with us, you had to watch Atlantis, period. (laughs) I even named my, like, the first dog that I owned as an adult, I named her after Kida because Atlantis was just such, like, a pillar of my childhood and, like, our childhood in general. Right, I'm surprised you didn't name one of your sons Milo, to be honest. Oh. And Kayla is not exaggerating. I met my fiancé a little over seven years ago, and the very first time we hung out solo, we played in sprinklers on the quad at our university, but then went back to my dorm and watched Atlantis on my laptop very first night oh. that we hung out. And we're getting married in a couple of weeks. He had to get in with Atlantis night one. Okay, you know what that means, though? That means that on your guys' honeymoon, you have to pull out your laptop laptop and watch like the sequel to Atlantis. Oh it's my gosh. Fair. That's it such a good idea. Wedding night is going to be like sequel in yeah. so long. That would <laughs> be awesome. No wedding. Anton, we must watch this Disney movie. <laughs> so we, we've obviously mentioned that as kids, we were obsessed with not only Atlantis, but in general, like mysteries and investigating. I don't know where it all started, like our love for it, but we've been discussing where we'd find Atlantis since our little brother, Kevin, who's now 20, was born. So to celebrate a double decade anniversary with our love language, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, you know, the Disney movie, we thought exploring these ideas with you sounded like the perfect sea sleuthing episode. I'm so excited. So as a history teacher, I've got to start with our reliable sources and what they have to say about Atlantis. So Britannica, it's a great encyclopedia. If you are an academic, you know it. It tells us Atlantis is a legendary island in the Atlantic Ocean lying west of the Strait of Gibraltar. The principal sources for the legend are two of Plato's dialogues, Timaeus and Critias. So, Atlantis is first mentioned here in historical record. The only mention of Atlantis uh, by name is in these dialogues by Plato. So, there's dozens of precise details about what Atlantis looked like, where it might have been located in relation to other landmarks in the ancient world, and it was Critias in particular that set people off thinking Atlantis actually might exist. In one of these tales, Plato describes how Egyptian priests, in conversation with the Athenian lawgiver Solon, describes Atlantis as an island larger than Asia Minor and Libya combined. That's Kind of crazy. In Plato's time, this would have referred to modern-day northern Africa and, like, half of Turkey. So huge. And apparently it was situated just beyond the Pillars of Hercules, the Strait of Gibraltar, again. And Plato said the founders of Atlantis were supposedly half-god and half-human. Their home was made up of concentric islands separated by wide moats and linked by a canal that penetrated to the center. Not a good enough reason to use the word (laughs) penetrate. (laughs) The lush islands contained gold, silver, and other precious metals and supported an abundance of rare exotic wildlife. That sounds nice. That does. That sounds amazing. 
There was a great capital city on the central island. Atlantis was a rich island whose powerful princes conquered many of the lands of the Mediterranean until they were finally defeated by the Athenians and their allies. The Atlanteans eventually became wicked and impious, and their island was swallowed up by the sea as a result of earthquakes. Atlantis may be a mere legend, but even medieval European writers who received the tale from Arab geographers believed it to be true, and later writers tried to identify it with an actual country as well. After the Renaissance, for example, attempts were made to identify Atlantis with America, Scandinavia, and the Canary Islands. The story of Atlantis, if Plato didn't invent it, may in fact reflect ancient Egyptian records of a volcanic eruption on the island of Thera in about 1500. BCE. This eruption apparently was one of the most stupendous of historical times, was accompanied by a series of earthquakes and tsunamis that shattered civilization on Crete, thereby perhaps giving rise to the legend of Atlantis, which wow. isn't too far-fetched. In history, yeah. we have, like, the earthquake that happened in Portugal, right? Have you heard about that, Kayla? It was called the Lisbon Earthquake. It happened in 1755. And it was kind of like a one-two punch of Mother Nature and religion or spiritual (laughs) stuff messing everybody up. But it basically was during like a very important time in colonization. It's 1755, so that's like 22 years before the United States is going to declare independence. That's while colonization is happening. And Portugal is big in like the colonization world at this Mm -hmm. point. They are wealthy they have a really great like culture of people and they have power that's where we have like uh navigation expanding from prince henry the navigator was from portugal and is the reason we were able to sail across the atlantic in the first place but anyway portugal was doing great and then on november 1st uh we have the feast of the all saints so of course it's a catholic city in portugal all of the church have like tons of beautiful candles lit and there's a celebration um but then there is an earthquake and a tsunami and all of the candles burn everything down because it's 1755 and anything that isn't stone (laughs) is now fucked And a bunch of people died, and it totally destroyed their economy. So they kind of pulled out of the race for colonization and sold off the colonies they had already claimed just to rebuild their beautiful cities. Yeah, okay, so where can we find Atlantis? Humankind hasn't discovered Atlantis, obviously, during our lifetime, and we have no historical record that has successfully pointed us in the right direction. However, there are several sunken civilizations out there, but which one was Atlantis if it existed at all? It's believed that it would be somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, but people say that if it really existed, a landmass that big would have to appear on the sonar maps of the ocean floor. So that's why a lot of scientists aren't sure about Atlantis because they're like, oh, well, we don't have any evidence of a giant city anywhere like along the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, exactly. There's another really awesome source. Sorry for a quick history teacher sidebar, but this other awesome source is a National Geographic interview. They interviewed the author of a book called Meet Me in Atlantis, My Obsessive Quest to Find the Sunken City by Mark Adams. So Mark Adams is asked in this interview what inspired his work on Atlantis, and he pointed to a headline he saw in a New York Times article that said, German discovers Atlantis in Africa, and was one shocked that journalism on Atlantis 
would be included in the New York Times and like taken seriously, um, but kind of put the idea to the side for now. And a year or so later, was writing an article on great philosophers of the ancient world and was digging through Plato, of course, because he is one of our great philosophers. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, was led back into the enticing story of Atlantis. The article claimed that the lost city of Atlantis was in Morocco, uh, with four reasons to kind of support that claim, the initial one that he saw. The first was based off of mathematics and was pretty strong. He set up something called a hierarchical constraint satisfaction and looked at Plato's clues about Atlantis's location in Timaeus and Critias. He weighed them and came up with an area on the map that was within 3,000 miles of Athens, Greece. And the individual who came up with this theory, his name is Hubner, noted that Atlantis was a seafaring society, obviously, that warred with Mm -hmm. Athens, the mightiest sea power of the ancient world temporarily, uh, and thought they found an interesting clue based on some clues from Plato's works. For example, the article says that one of the best clues that Plato gives about Atlantis is that there was a series of concentric circles around the city, black and red stone, and of course it was a seafaring The interviewer said, Michael Hubner and I walked across the desert, and sure enough, there was a black and red striped stone. Then he took me to the edge of the Sahara Desert and walked me up the hillside. Lo and behold, there were these concentric circles on the edge of the desert, and just a few miles away was the Atlantic Ocean. He makes a really compelling case that Atlantis was located in Morocco, and that's actually a relatively new theory. Not a lot of people have come up with his same hypothesis Um, but mark adams talks about there being three other front runner locations and we are going to so the traditional front runner and the only one so far that's gotten a lot of traction with mainstream academics is the island of santorini in the aegon sea there's real archaeological evidence there It has a bullseye shape with a ring around its center and has a relatively new volcano, which we know erupted in the ancient days. So some suspicion it could be Santorini. Uh, It was also the site of an important maritime city called Akrotiri, which was discovered in 1967. There's a lot of evidence that this was a flourishing naval center and there were frescoes showing ships, very similar to the details that Plato gives us about Atlantis' story. If you don't know, frescoes are these beautiful paintings on walls in like Mm. fancy ancient-ish homes Um, but there were frescoes showing ships similar to the details Plato gives us about the Atlantis story in the mid-1970s a Santorini was major news Jacques Cousteau went to Santorini to look for Atlantis himself and it was taken pretty seriously so the third possible location is Tartessus which is in southern Spain another lost city from antiquity which is not too far from the modern day city of Seville Um, But our favorite possibility, hands down, is Malta. Malta. Hell yeah. If you didn't catch it in the first episode, we talked about it a little bit. But our great-grandparents actually immigrated to the United States from Malta. Um, So we currently have family over there. We visited a few years back, and we are, in general, just in love with Malta. Um, So Malta is just very near and dear to our hearts here on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But Malta has so much evidence that leads to the fact that it very well could have been Atlantis. For one, it has the most ancient temples in the entirety of the Mediterranean Sea area, and there's also evidence that a huge tsunami could have hit the islands long ago, and this could have resulted in the culture being wiped out. 
There was actually an Amazon Prime documentary called Proof That Left Historians Speechless, which covers a lot of different evidence for different places that could be Atlantis. But in this documentary, it was suggested that a number of islands in Malta broke away from the mainland after a huge earthquake, which caused the islands that are known today because there's like three main islands of Malta. Um, But some people have suggested that these together formed Atlantis before the giant earthquake made them break apart. Malta is said to have been broken up by this catastrophic earthquakes and volcanic eruptions thousands of years ago. So, I mean, like, I would not count that out. Like, Malta definitely could have been Atlantis. There's, like, a lot of evidence and things that line up that, like, line up perfectly with what Plato said. So... I don't know. I'm not saying like I'm 100% convinced, but I feel like for me, this is one of the most compelling possible locations. Right. And there's plenty of red and black stones in Malta. Mm-hmm. It's all stone. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It's an entire yeah. island surrounded by stone. And maybe mm-hmm. it was bigger at one point. That would totally make sense, mm-hmm. especially given all of like the tragedy and horror that's yeah. happened at sea in the Mediterranean. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Honestly, Malta itself, like, if you go there, you understand, but it feels so magical. Like, that, I don't know if it's just because, like, us, if it had the pull because of our family and, like, the ancestral ties, but, like, I would believe it, honestly, because, like, stepping onto Malta is, like, stepping into a, another world. Like, it's a fairy tale. Really? It is. It's warm, and, but it's, no, it's hot, but in, like, the dry pleasant kind of hot that occasionally provides a breeze and it's a tiny island so there's always an ocean breeze you know what I mean so if you're on the sea it's hot and you just want to get in the water that's where Mm -hmm. they filmed the Count of Monte Cristo that's where they filmed the Mm -hmm. sex scene in Game of Thrones um, (laughs) after the wedding with Daenerys and Khal Drogo that's like a big place you know Mm -hmm. in media and um the rock where they filmed that scene was like a spiritual Mm -hmm. place like we said kind of a spiritual place in itself but it was a spiritual place and the cast got in a little bit of trouble uh, for for doing that (laughs) but when we talk about like historical fact uh as a again i have to i hate to drop this for a third time but as a history teacher (laughs) i love maps and maps are important you know what i mean So has anybody tried to place Atlantis on a map and placed it forward as hard fact? No. But Mark Adams does claim that there was a sort of odd, brilliant polymath named Athenasius. (laughs) (laughs) Just call him Kircher. Athenasius named Kirk. But... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say his last name. Yeah. Ugh. (sighs) Mark Adams does claim that there have been people who have tried to place it on maps. Uh, This sort of odd, brilliant polymath named Kircher was... uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then, all right. Mark Adams, the author of Meet Me in Atlantis, My Obsessive Quest to Find the Sunken City, that title is a mouthful, but a beautiful mouthful, Claim there was an odd, brilliant polymath named Kircher, who was a Hesuit who lived in Germany in the 17th century. He did what's probably the most famous map of Atlantis, where he placed it in the Atlantic Ocean, but there's no way of knowing whether he based this on any reliable information or simply made it up out of his imagination. Uh, especially if it's during the 17th century, you know, we are 
in a time when exploration is taking place, so people do have ships. <clears throat> the oldest maps we have, unfortunately, don't go back much past 1500, which are post-Christopher Columbus, so everything is kind of in that era of exploration. Yeah, definitely. So this whole thing also begs the question, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, Atlantis was 100% fake. It was, it's a myth. There's no chance of it existing. Like, kind of the same thing as mermaids that a lot of people just think it's like black and white. However, there are so many mysterious places around the world, like Stonehenge, the pyramids, different Aztec cities. So many unknowns about these places that seem impossible and so hard to wrap our brains around, you know? So, why is Atlantis where people draw the line? Like, there was not, besides, like, it being created by half god, half humans, it's not like mm-hmm. it was, like, super crazy. Like, it just had cool animals, cool rocks, and gold. So, like, I, it, for me, it, like, baffles and me. And everybody who, like, believes in Christianity and takes the Bible yeah. for fact believes that a great flood, like, mm-hmm. created the Grand Canyon. Yeah, exactly. Like, why isn't it impossible to imagine that there is a hidden city yeah. in the 80% of our unexplored waters. Yeah. And not even that, but like like so I mean it would that would be cooler if Atlantis still existed and we just haven't found it yet and it's still there tucked away and magical like in the Disney movie, but even if like mm. it was once an a historical amazing city and it got completely wiped out by like an earthquake volcano or whatever, like I feel like there's such a strong possibility of it. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us fangirl about our childhood dream, Atlantis, and we hope that we've given you a lot more to ponder as you reminisce on the Atlantis Disney film now that you know much about the backstory on the history of Atlantis. So what do you think? Was there ever an an Atlantis or is there currently an Atlantis somewhere hidden away? Go to our Instagram at Gillyweed Girls Podcast and let us know by voting on our Instagram story and tell us... Let us know by voting on our Instagram story or shooting us a message. If you've listened to this whole episode, hopefully you enjoyed our story today and loved the Atlantis lore as much as we do, but if you've decided you don't vibe with us due to not only thinking mermaids are real, but Atlantis (laughs) now too, just remember, Plato himself said no one is more hated than he who speaks the truth. Oh yeah. And we spat straight facts. Straight facts. The whole episode. Who knows what civilizations remain hidden in the again- 80% of the ocean that's unexplored, or like the seas or lakes somewhere, I don't know. Anyway, it's time to run the bath and put on underwater sounds, throw in a swimsuit in the ocean light, and pretend to be a mermaid in the tub. Gotta run. Join us next week as we splash into some more fantastical lore of the sea.